So right now, as we speak, there are major violent demonstrations in Lebanon, Chile, Spain, Haiti, Iraq, Sudan, Russia, Egypt, Uganda, Indonesia, Ukraine, Peru, Hong Kong, Zimbabwe, Colombia, France, Turkey, Venezuela, the Netherlands, Ethiopia, Brazil, Algeria, and Ecuador. Oh, and this is the week of Brexit. Oh, and uh, Trudeau was just elected, but he can't form a coalition government. Wow, that's kind of like Boris Johnson, which is almost like Benjamin Netanyahu, who also can't form a coalition government, which reminds me of how our president now can't govern because there's no coalition there. Wow. Let's kind of put all of these together and see what's happening in the world in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, so there's a couple of things going on in the world that I want to address and try to tie together. My only real skill in life, I think, uh, is uh, to be able to see a bigger picture. I want you to I want you to look at the demonstrations in Lebanon, Chile, Spain, Haiti, Iraq, Sudan, Russia, Egypt, Uganda, Indonesia, Ukraine. Peru, Hong Kong, Zimbabwe, Colombia, France, Turkey, Venezuela, the Netherlands, Ethiopia, Brazil, Algeria, Ecuador. And what's happening in England? Now, what happened last night in Canada? And I want to break these up into two different categories. Usually when you have riots or you have violent protests, it's because of one of two things. Either the people are hungry and they can't afford the things that they need and they see the government as a problem. Or the government's not listening to them and the government's not responding to them. Both of those things are happening, but there's a third new one that is also being injected. So let's look at some of these. For instance, um, you have fuel subsidies that have uh, that have been cut. So the the price of fuel has gone up in places like Haiti. They can't they can't afford it in Lebanon. They there's a new tax levied on the use of WhatsApp. That's the social media thing. That's also one of the causes for Uganda. They're starting to put taxes on social media. Now, why would you put a tax on WhatsApp and why would that cause a riot? This is really important. We'll come back to that here in just a second. In Sudan, it's the cut to fuel and uh, food subsidies. Uh, in Chile, they're, they're protesting subway fare hikes. Now, this is where WhatsApp comes in. You'll notice these aren't striking workers like we have with GM. These are just average people getting together on the streets. Now, how is that happening? That's happening now because we used to have to have labor unions because it was the only it was the only way to get the message out and we could all come together against the man. And so you had a labor organizer come in 
and he would organize everybody. But now you have WhatsApp. Now you have Facebook. Now you have the Internet. And so if you're if you're upset about gas prices, you can find other people that are upset about gas prices that you would have never met before. This is why the governments are starting to crack down on social media and start to tax them and everything else, because just like Facebook admitted to, and so did Twitter, they were greatly responsible for the uprising in Egypt, and they actually helped push Egypt. So you don't have to form unions anymore as long as you have the app. Now, let's switch to other places. There is a shortage of gasoline. There is a shortage of food. Okay, we understand that. But here's where something new is happening. In France, one of the original demands of the yellow vests was, and I'm not kidding, free parking in Disneyland Paris. They One of the things, one of the demands they wanted was free parking at Disneyland Paris. Now, if you don't understand, if that seems crazy to you, which it does me, it is crazy. If it seems crazy, it's because you haven't really fully understood what kind of changes are happening to our world. And there's a reason for it. People, are, people have very high expectations in these successful countries. And anything that will help them cut their expenses or give them free stuff is being pushed. Just get me free stuff. And the more free stuff that is out there, the harder it is for, for instance, a government to be able to pay for all that free stuff. It's an overwhelming of the system. People are now just starting to say, well, I own that parking lot, too. That parking lot wouldn't be here if it wasn't for us. I mean, it's in France. Should be free parking at Disneyland for everybody. Also, at the same time, in France, something else is happening. Farmers are upset at the climate change plans. Climate change, if you think it's unpopular here, climate change with anyone in the socialist-leaning countries um, is growing really unpopular with farmers and people, but only people, who consume food. Because it's jacking the price of food up. When the government says we have to cut these programs to save money, nobody wants to hear that. It's starting to uh, set people on fire because they're also jacking up things like things for climate change. So here's what we have. We have the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere with the most dysfunctional politics, Haiti. And it's seeing protests because the situation is bad. But in the same hemisphere, we also have Chile. It's the wealthiest country in Latin America. And it has falling inequality. 
So why are they protesting? Let me give you let me give you one other thing. I told you 10 years ago, in the future, the operative word will be chaos. And anything that causes chaos, get away from. Because we know who the author of chaos is. So get away from anybody who's trying to cause chaos. Let me show you one other thing. Governments cannot work. Governments fail when the gears get jammed. This is what this is what saboteurs were during the war. Saboteurs were people that would put a a monkey wrench into the gears. That was an actual thing in the industrial revolution. Somebody would take a wrench and they'd throw it in the gears and it would break the gears and jam the machine up so it would stop the factory from producing things. That was a saboteur. Do we have saboteurs in our midst now? And I don't mean just here, I mean all around the world. Because the gears of the machine is stopping. Let me just give you a couple of stops here. Benjamin Netanyahu looks like he's going to have to quit. He's been reelected, but he cannot put together a coalition. Coalition-style parliamentary governments only work when there's goodwill. There is no goodwill. Everybody is standing their ground. Everybody is saying, my way or the highway. So, Benjamin Netanyahu looks like he's going to retire and quit. And hopefully they'll find somebody else that can put a coalition government. But don't count on it, because look what's happening in England. You have Boris Yeltsin, or Boris Yeltsin, Boris Johnson, who is just trying to follow the dictate of the people. They voted Brexit. The extremists in Parliament are saying no Brexit at any cost. So screw the people. Monkey wrench. Boris Johnson can't put together a coalition. There is no coalition left. Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau won in Canada, but he doesn't have a margin big enough to put together a coalition government. So now the machinery in Canada is also stopped. And I would say that while we don't have a parliamentary system here, look at our machinery here. Because one side refuses to work and listen to things that they themselves four years ago said they wanted. Because they won't act on those things, because they will stand against those things, because they're against one person and putting that one person ahead of the whole country. You don't have a coalition. You don't have good faith. You have nothing that will work. Congress cannot get anything done. The administration cannot get anything done because they're fighting over things that, honestly, nobody in the country cares about. Everyone in the country wants us to move forward. So let me just ask you a question. And this is an honest question. 
Is this really a coincidence? Now, it could be because everybody seems to have just been violating their social contract uh, contract with with uh, with the people all over the world. So it could be. But it's interesting how no one seems to be learning the lesson. Things just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And what do people do while Barcelona burns? Ah, we've got models out there twerking in the streets. What? Is anyone taking this seriously? Is anyone seeing what's happening to the entire world? It might be a coincidence. But then again, it might not be. And we turn to AOC and Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. All right. Uh, so I, I want to I'd like to I'd like to just give you this headline. Democrats 2020 race has a new shadow. Hillary Clinton. Some Democrats are putting caution signs up for Hillary Clinton as she wades back into presidential politics by casting a 2020 candidate, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, as a Russian asset, mocking President Donald Trump's dealings with foreign leader and drawing counterattacks from both. Bernie Sanders wrote yesterday, people can disagree on issues, but it is outrageous for anyone to suggest that Tulsi is a foreign asset. Uh, Larry Cohen, one of Sanders' top supporters, was uh, conciliatory but warned in an interview that Clinton could harm the eventual 2020 nominee by weighing in against specific candidates. And now they're thinking that maybe, maybe she's thinking about running. Of course she is. <laughs> there's a, I mean, there's no chance of winning, but of course she's thinking that. You think really? Oh, yes. I mean, she's thinking about it. You know, I'm not saying anyone else is thinking about it. She is thinking about it. She's thinking about it all the time. Oh, they'll come crawling back to me. They will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when they went with, she went with the double stack conspiracy theory yesterday mm. that it was Tulsi Gabbard was a Russian uh, agent and Jill Stein was a Russian agent. At that point, you <laughs> yeah. kind of thought she's a little desperate and certainly mm-hmm. obsessed about this. Oh right? no, she but you is, don't think she's actually jumping in, do you? I think she's she is waiting for the moment where they're just going to come and ask me. I know they'll come and ask me <laughs> to leave because that's what people no, are asking her. At she this point. is delusional. She is delusional, and the Democrats know that they're in trouble mainly because of the split in the party. I mean. I don't know if you've seen the headlines uh, in the last 24 hours, but because of Ocasio-Cortez, they're now saying, is the Democratic Party, as we know it, over this election? And I think so. I, I mean, you mean it changes into something I mean else? that what essentially a... Ocasio-Cortez and the squad endorsing Bernie rips that apart well they're setting a, a pretty clear signal i mean you know think about this you have we're in the moment where warren is arguably the front runner right warren's going to give you 95 percent of what you want out of, out of your socialist candidate 95 <laughs> yeah. percent 
Okay. Why now? Do you pick now to endorse Bernie Sanders, a guy who can barely walk across the stage? I want you to listen to this because I think this is spot on. Now, listen, remember, Bernie Sanders just had a heart attack. Yeah. Okay. He's falling in the polls. She's rising. uh, uh, Biden is falling in the polls. Warren is clearly the one to rally around. And again, Sanders just had a heart attack. And they pick that moment to endorse. Why? Why? Number one, she's saying, this is my movement. As soon as Bernie's gone, I'm in it. It's me. It's, I'm the head of this socialist movement. Uh, I am the one to, be the, to, to, to bring the torch forward. And this is not something that's going away. And number two, there is no compromise when it comes to socialism. There is no 95% of what we want from Elizabeth Warren. We want 100% of it. We're not satisfying for someone who still says they're a capitalist despite all evidence. We are the per- people that are going to say, no, we want them to say they're socialists. We're not embarrassed about it. And we're going forward. And, and going forward, when Bernie uh, does decide to, uh, to stop running, uh, it's my game. Yep. She will take the, the torch up. And... All you have to do is know what party she was actually working for. It's not the Democrats. Mm-hmm. And go back and listen to what Sank said the night of the last election. We're tired of these people. We'll destroy them. All right. So, uh, you know, when Pat walks into the studio with a bullhorn, you know that the Reverend Al Sharpton is going to be making an appearance (laughs) on this program. Welcome, Pat Gray. Uh, Thank you. Good Mm -hmm. to be here. Uh, Tremendous interview from Al Sharpton. And and a lot of people say, wait, Al still does interviews? (laughs) I I honestly, (laughs) didn't he move to the weekend? Because that's the only thing I could think of. I think he's on Sunday nights or something, right? I had literally no idea he still had a show. Yeah, I I didn't realize that. Until yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Uh, it's on MSNBC still too. Yeah. Wow, wow! They just yeah. can't find it to find it in them to to uh, fire him, huh? Apparently not. No, no. shocking. Yeah. It's really easy to fire Al Sharpton. Yeah, the guy right. was just, uh, there will be five hundred thousand people outside your front door the yep, second yeah. you do it. He'll be out there with a bullhorn. Yep. Yep. Uh, instantly. That's how he keeps jobs. Yeah, I and mean, that's the only reason yeah. he keeps jobs. Obviously, that's the only reason he gets jobs. He can't even speak. Can we? No. Can we uh, like the man it's cannot. Ta- it's speak. hard for him. It's really hard for him, and he shows that again. He proves it every time. Uh, and it's hard to decide who's crazier here in this interview between <laughs> Al and Beto. It's really close. All right. Uh, but here it is. All right. Now, how do you view the president with two part question here? How do you <laughs> view the president reversing on <laughs> uh, saying he's going to have the GC, uh, G7 conference uh, at his G- hotel and resort okay. the Doral in Florida? Pause now for he's- a second. Mm-hmm. Already he's he's starting to stumble all over it. Uh, how do you do the GC, the, the G spot, the G? The, the, why was traffic problems? Email said. <laughs> so you're already off to a really good start. Okay. All right, uh, here we go. Goes more. Saying he will not. And how do you deal with what is clearly uh, a, in my opinion, empty five day? Uh, ceasefire commitment uh, from Turkey to uh, Secretary Pompeo and Vice President Pence when we're seeing actual fighting going on. No, President Trump, perhaps inspired by Goebbels and the propagandists of the Third Reich, seemed to employ this tactic that the bigger the lie, 
Can I stop for just a second? Oh, God. Is... Remember when this was wrong to do? This was out of bounds to do? The ADL jumped all over you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At what point... Is he going to be allowed back into the state of Texas? Or will people be meeting him at the border with pitchforks and torches? (laughs) I mean, this, this guy has gone from a kind of crazy Texan that everybody's on like, ah, it's bad. Uh, yeah. To this. Yeah. I mean, this guy has nuts. gone nuts. Nuts. All Start right. gravy. Go ahead. Seeing the injustice, uh, the more dizzying the pace of this bizarre behavior, the less likely we are to be able to do something about it. And so I'm so grateful that not only is the House moving forward with impeachment, but that the public really began to rise up when the president sought to enrich himself by hosting the G7 summit at one of his own properties. This administration, rife with corruption, is finally coming to a reckoning with with the public will Mm -hmm. of this country. So I think it's a good sign that he was caught, that he was stopped, that he can no longer normalize the behavior that we've seen so far. When, When it comes to Syria, this is just one of the most tragic, embarrassing moments in American history, to, to turn our backs on our allies. And Reverend Sharpton, I heard what you said earlier. The, these Kurdish fighters literally laid down their lives for this country and made it possible for us to send fewer U.S. service members over there country? to do the job no, of no, defeating no. ISIS and protecting our interests. So not only have we dishonored that commitment, we mm-hmm. made it far less likely that we will be able to uh, bring other potential allies in the future to our cause and to He's fight alongside U.S. service members. Can you pause it for a second? Uh, and also, isn't it fascinating that he's arguing a, a pro-war position here now? Yeah. <laughs> because oh no, they, 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 they are all about the war now, all I of know, a sudden. I know. We have to have those troops there in yeah. Syria. And what they they have to do that because the reason... What, I mean, I know we were on record, clearly, uh, that we shouldn't be in bed with these people. Absolutely. We shouldn't be yeah. in arming these people. These people mm-hmm. are really, really bad. You know, people hear the word Kurd and you think of the Iraqi Kurds. These are not the Iraqi Kurds. These are guys who are not fighting for our country. They are Marxist communists. They were fighting alongside us, though. And they they were were. fighting kind of the battle that we didn't. So they did it really so we didn't Because it's their country. Yes. It's their country. They they didn't want anything to do with ISIS. ISIS. They wanted to run it. Right. Right. And, And it's not fighting for our country is there's no question that's false they're not right. fighting for the for the freedom of america no. right like they're doing what they believe is right and it happens to align with what we believe mm-hmm. is right which is not a bad thing i mean you've talked about these people for months the syrian kurds and how they are different um that doesn't mean that it was it wasn't great that they were fighting along with us i mean i'm glad we didn't have to send more of our, our yeah, troops there I, i'm telling but, you it's it's exactly like the soviet union i'm glad the soviet union was on our side uh, in World War in II. In World War II. I'm glad mm-hmm. that. But as soon as it was over, mm-hmm. we made it very clear. Okay, these guys are bad guys. I mean, th- that's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Can I point out my most annoying hi- historical point? Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there time for this? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Beto does this thing, and it drives me freaking crazy. The, I, the whole way people use this Hitler big lie thing. Okay, the Hitler big lie thing is used as if Hitler said, "Look, if I lie with a big enough lie, people will remember, will 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 believe me, and they'll go after the Jews too." Right? Like that's the way this mm-hmm. always used. That is not how Hitler used it. Hitler was talking about the Jews. He was saying they were lying. It is a mm-hmm. anti-Semitic mm-hmm. comment. 
It, it was tr- it was Hitler saying, you know what? I got to say, uh, the Jews are such liars, and the, the bigger they lie, the more people believe them. They try to make people believe they don't run the world. It was that sort of horrible analysis is the point he was making, and people running out there over and over again like it's this acceptable thing. And it's when not. You, when you listen to the rest of this rant from, uh, from Beto, he, he's kind of doing that to Trump. Hmm. I mean, he's lying. As he's accusing Trump of being the liar, he's lying about what Trump has said in the past. Yes, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he is. He is the the desperation and the spectacular collapse of Beto O'Rourke. That's oh, amazing. Is I mean, it's remarkable. Like if you compare it to, uh, you know, like a major company collapsing, you know, it's 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 like Enron, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a level of like not only is it one of the like. He was, what, third place, second place in this election at one point? Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about a guy who's, who his own party is saying, guys, you got to stop. What are you doing? You're destroying the party. It's like Enron, when it collapsed, like really hurt the economy, right? Mm-hmm. This is like Beto is like taking down the party with him. Mm-hmm. He's going through every, every horrible proposal that we all believe Democrats want to do, but they never say. He just keeps endorsing them all because he's getting more and more desperate, and he wants to stay on television on Al Sharpton's show for one more freaking week so he can hold on to whatever relevance he, believe he believes he has and hopefully can turn it into, if he's lucky, the show that comes on after Al Sharpton on Sunday or whenever that thing airs. He's so desperate for the public eye. What do you eye. think about the, to further the theory that you just had about uh, Ocasio-Cortez? She is picking up the torch of of uh, Bernie Sanders and she did it in a in a uh, very very clear way taking that torch that Bernie Sanders torch away from Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. so she becomes the party leader mm-hmm. when that party is in real power of the Democratic Party um and so she's saying we're radicals and we make no compromises well isn't that what he's saying so isn't he just a useful idiot for the AOCs? I think he might be. Because what is his future? Seriously. He can't run again. I don't think he has a political future. Right. Unless he finds somebody that believes all the crazy things that he's been saying. Do you have the, uh, let's play the audio of him in, where was it? Alabama. And, and listen to what the Alabama <laughs> Democrats were applauding when he was on stage. Do you have that? This country, though we may not be in El Paso, Texas, is still racist at its foundation, at its core, and throughout this system. We're racist. Stop. Stop. Listen to that. We're racist to the core? Is that yeah, kind of what no matter where yeah. you are, you don't have to be El, El Paso. Jeez, this country is racist to its core. Jeez. I mean, he is just trying so wow. hard. I, you know... It's like a, you know, it's a, it's a six-year-old trying to push a car down the road. It's like, it's pathetic, right? He just, there's no chance of it working, and he keeps trying. It's sad. I mean, he deserves every little bit of it because he's terrible. He has no principles. Remember the pro- profile, the campaign profile we did on Beto O'Rourke? Mm-hmm. It wasn't that he was super liberal. It was that he was anything. Anything you wanted him to be. He even says he that. He said it. He said, oh, what mm. kind of candidate you want me to be? I'll be that candidate. I mean, it was almost <laughs> that quote. It, well, do you remember? No, the, I, I think it was. Uh, I mean, did somebody say, we want you to be the candidate of psychosis? Is yeah. that what somebody said? <laughs> Apparently, hey, somebody Beto, told him. Can you be the psychosis candidate? <laughs> sure, I can do that. And he's proving it right now. I yeah. mean, he's he's psychotic right now. He's completely unhinged. 
I, I can't believe if this was a Republican, that he'd be drummed virtually out of the race. He would be getting so much bad press. But and I will say the Democrats are drumming him out of the race. I, you mean, think? I don't even think he's going to make the next debate. I mean, the media doesn't seem to be hostile to him, really. No, the media is not hostile to him. They don't mind him You think the media is hostile? They'll bring him on, you know, they, but I mean, look, he's not connected with the voters. The voters are completely rejecting him. Yeah, he's at what, 2%? Maybe and I don't, 3? Yeah, I think he has to get, I want to say the next hurdle you is 5 Five percent. I thought I think, it was three. Uh, it's the last one was three. Okay, yeah. So okay. the next debate, which is he five? barely made, I think the next one in November is wow. five. And oh, he's, okay. I mean, he's I not going to get there. He's I has like, he hasn't had a five percent poll in months. So I don't, I don't know where. I mean, maybe he lucks out and, and squeaks into this debate. But right now, there's only eight candidates that have made it. If you were in, if you were a Democrat, put yourself in the in the typical Democrat mm-hmm. category. Mm-hmm. If you were a typical Democrat living someplace in the middle of America. Would this not be scaring the hell out of you? Because you'd be like, uh, I've always been a Democrat and I don't hate America. I, uh, I, I don't believe in socialism. I kind of like the free market. I don't believe that we should kill babies after they're born. Uh, I don't think we should take everybody's guns away and have police show up. I mean, listen to that. What a tree limb position that is. I don't believe we should kill babies after they're born. <laughs> what are you supposed to do with Whoa, them? Whoa, you're out there on a limb. Whoa. Can you imagine, though? Oh, what would you man. be thinking? That's why you are seeing stories now saying that this is the end of the Democratic Party. If I was Al Sharpton, I'd be thinking, We much and we must and we will much. About that, be committed. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I want to play some um, audio. This is um, Jeffrey Younger. Uh, he has a seven-year-old uh, son, James. Jeffrey's ex-wife, the son's mother, has been talking the son into having a sex change. This went to court. Dad was like, no, no, this is child abuse. No. The judge ruled in favor of the mother. Kid's going to have a sex change. Dad says, uh, no, I don't think so. Listen. She had been putting him into timeouts and uh, saying things like the monsters only eat boys and some odd things like that. So when I heard this, I took it very seriously. He said, mommy tells me I'm a girl. Um, and I would ask him, you know, do you look like a girl? And he'd say, no, but mommy tells me I'm a girl. You know, he's never presented himself as a girl to me ever. Um, and he, in fact, with me, he violently rejects any female identity. He won't wear female clothes. He won't even wear boys' brief underwears because he says it's too much like girls' underwear. I consider this to be child abuse and the sexual mutilation of children on, a, on an industrial scale. So it, it makes me feel terrible. Um, I can't believe that a mother would do this to her son. And I cannot believe that the state of Texas would allow it and sanction it. But we have uh, clinics right here in Texas that do sex changes on children all the time. There are no limits to which I will go to protect my son. One of the, one of the big problems that, um, that I'm going to face eventually is in the state of Texas, um, right now the court's position is that all of this is medical child support. So I have to pay for him to go no to, no you know, uh, gay therapist who's teaching no him that he's a girl. I have to pay for the, the hormone suppression of puberty, which actually chemically castrates boys and prevents the growth of their sexual organs. 
And if he goes on to a surgical transition, that would be medical child support as well, and I'd have to pay for that. No way. And the fa- simple fact jail. of the matter is, you know, parents owe their children at a very minimum not to harm them. And I'm not paying for any of this. I'm not going to participate in the abuse of my son in any way. This guy, we have to get this guy on. Um, he's in Dallas, Texas. If this is happening in Texas, can you imagine what it's like in the rest of the, you know, the rest of the country? This is abuse. Absolute, total abuse. How is this standing? How are people in this country okay with this? You're listening to Glenn.